bitch is bad and bullshit. You may have heard that we have launched a Patreon. Um, we've got big, grandiose plans here at Bad and Bitchy. We got plans. We want to take over the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know why? Because we're pissed off. Yeah. Um, and we think we're better than everyone already doing things. Uh- <laughs> Come on. Look at uh, who do we have? Who do we have to like emulate? CBC? No. <laughs> Girl. Um, anyway, so what is a Patreon? Patreon means you can become a patron of the podcast if you like what you hear and you want to support us. Um, you can pledge anywhere from $5 to $50, depending on what your budget is. And each level of patronage gets you a different level of, um, rewards. Swag. So, you know, like a $50 subscriber will get like a t-shirt or some other swag, whereas like a $5 supporter gets you access to our subscriber-only newsletter. So, um, what... We we got content. We got content. We got content coming out our eyeballs. Exactly. Um, So what are some of the things that we can use with this money, Erica? Um, More videos. More videos, yeah. So a videographer... Um, a graphic designer because my skills aren't that good yes yes there's only so far canva can go (laughs) yeah and like i have to like reteach myself photoshop which i'm not good at yeah adobe creative cloud like it's just ooh. yeah subscriptions to tools yeah is another one some headshots some headshots um an actual web developer yep (laughs) yep uh, we just want to take our operation up a notch. And then we also were thinking of maybe expanding and adding some different podcasts and other voices. And some maybe some events, some bad and bitchy events. Yeah. Yeah. And to do that, we need your help. We do need your help. So check us out, patreon.com slash bad and bitchy, and read what we want to do. And if that's cool with you, then pledge your support. Yeah, I mean, if you guys are cool with the stories we bring up and and even suggesting stories, because we do take suggestions, and just the topics we talk about, if you feel like we talk about it in a way that's not replicated anywhere else, like, show us some love. (laughs) We love you all. And so, um, yeah, I mean, we we just really want to level up to provide you guys some more great content, great features, great discussion. Like, I would personally love to be more interactive. Mm. So maybe do a live stream of the recording or something, something right. like that. Yeah. You know, have you guys comment. That would be awesome. Yeah. So stuff like that where you can get, like, more accessibility to us, to the podcast, to the topics. We want to make this for you. This is not for us anymore. No. It, it really is for you. And so let's uh, let's coordinate. <laughs> let's, let's, yeah. And let's la- do it. And last- we could take over the world. We could take over this country. I'm convinced. Well, I mean, just since we're, neither of us are going to enter into politics. No. Probably. Oh, God, no. No. <laughs> so from like a different level. Yeah, because the politicians don't have the power. But anyway, carry on. 
Um, so last week we shouted out our, our first two patrons, and this week we want to shout out another patron, Alex. Do you guys, Alex. Thank you for your support. We appreciate it so much. And uh, stay bitchy. Stay bitchy, y'all. Okay, you guys, and I'm sure you've seen it on our social media, and if you listen to our last pod. Uh, if we know you listen. Yeah. Um, so it's no surprise that we are looking for a new co-host because Bailey got a new job. Yeah, and she has to move to more of the more of the behind the scenes sort of. Yeah, she still pokes around because she she, she loves around. us. She's like, you guys talk about this thing. Exactly. Um. Anyway, uh, so we're looking for a new co-host. We're not fighting. I just want to let everybody <laughs> know that because I I swear people are like. Are you guys okay? We're all okay. We're still friends. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It's just that Bailey got a new job. She's respecting the terms of that job. And we respect her. And we're very proud of her in a new job. And we're very proud of her. So shout out to Bailey and congrats. Um, So we're looking for a new co-host. And what does that mean? Um, We want you to send a rant. Yes. So up to 30 seconds. Yeah. Don't make it too, like, pick a topic. If it's like, so for example, let me say my topic was, I'm not even going to go, I'm not even going to go for the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> I know what it is. Yes. Um, let's say, no, I will go for the low, let's say it's Lena Dunham, because that is oh, low-hanging fruit. Oh, there were like so, there were like there were five so many, things. I was just going to go, I'm like, ah, uh, let me not pick on Taylor Swift, but Lena, Lena Dunham, I feel like she has, I, anyway. So, but don't pick Lena Dunham. But don't pick Lena Dunham because I'm picking it. <laughs> Somebody's like, damn you, Erica. Damn you. Okay. So let's pick Lena Dunham. So, you know, we went on a rant about her um, in one of the first three podcasts. I think it was the third one or something. And we posted about her recently on Facebook. We posted about her recently on Facebook. A rant may go like this. Fuck Lena Dunham. And let me tell you why. And then just... You know, lay out your arguments. Lay out your arguments. That's perfectly fine. Or maybe, maybe you were talking to somebody and you were like, hey, do you know that Lena Dunham? And person's like, yeah. And, and you're like, I hate that bitch. And you're like, why? And, you know, so then you go on. See, there are very many ways you could do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Be jazzy. Show us why you have opinions, how you have opinions, what they are, and how you can... And then be a little jazzy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then send those submissions to our Gmail account, uh, badandbpod at gmail.com. Um, submissions are due December 10th. Mm-hmm. And we do have some other criteria. We do. Um, please be on social media. Please be visible on social media. Please know how to use social media. Uh, please be an intersectional feminist. That too. I, you know what? I never say that because I always, it's just at the back. I always, it's like the assumption that I feel like I should not make. But like, I feel also, I think it's important to note that um, you just have to believe in intersectional feminism and be willing to learn and become better. Yes. Because we're all getting better. Because we aren't perfect. No. We've said this before. No. Um, so if you have a different area of expertise than the two of us awesome because we want to learn from each other and we want to help you learn so i feel like if it's progress not perfection you know what i'll give you all a tip yeah i know some of you all good on you have contacted me for tips 
I like, I like that. I do. I really do because it it tells me that you are you have some chutzpah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yes, my Yiddish is off. Um, but anyway, thirty seconds is a good thing. It's a good sort of you know time frame. Um, intersectional feminism means that you're wearing more than one hat basically if there's a hat that we are not wearing if there's a if there is an area that we're not covering as well as we should i would say focus your rants on those areas because we can talk to each other about stuff that we already know all day long we want to hear from you and we want to know we want value added so yeah, yeah. and like there's a something to be don't talk about because we aren't those voices. Exactly. So be a different voice. That's what we want. We want somebody who can be that sort of not only intersectional feminist, but to have a voice and to be able to be unapologetic about your own opinions because that's basically bad and bitchy. Be unapologetic. Damn, girl. Yeah. So send us your submissions, badandbpod at gmail.com. Welcome to the Bad and Bitchy Podcast. I'm Erin. And I'm Erica. And Erica, it's been a few minutes. It's been a week. It's been a week. It's been no, a week. it's been two. Well, I mean, yeah, we've had a week off. Oh, yeah. Um, I was in Florida. I was not. I was deep, <laughs> deep in Trump country. You were playing baseball. Yes, I was playing softball. Softball. Yeah. What uh, is the difference? Uh, well, well softball's got a smaller field, a, a bigger ball. Um, I was playing slow pitch, so you have to, like, throw the ball up t- 6 to 12 feet. Oh. Yeah, the one with the arc. It was co-ed. Oh. Um, yeah, we, it was the, the World Cup. Oh. We won. Okay, so do you belong to, um, like, a professional team, a semi – well, not a professional team, but as, uh, a higher-ranked – is this – is this like a high-ranked competitive team? Are you in competitive softball around the city? or uh, No, so I play uh, in the OSSC here in Ottawa, the Ottawa Sports and Social Club. Um, it's pretty wreck, um, but this is a team made up of most of the people back from Vancouver, from my team out there. Oh. Um, and then a couple other new people. and um... You transferred your team from Vancouver. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was like they just stay there, and then like I just come and play whenever oh. I can. Oh, you get a guest spot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I've been retired from competitive softball for ten years. Oh. Um, my body hated me. We had four days, thirteen games. Oh. Oh crap. It was aggressive. Um, but uh, yeah, you it was super won. fun. Yeah. Congrats. Thanks. Yay. Thanks. We beat the Bahamas. <gasps> oh. They Do are... you get a trip there? No, unfortunately. Because <laughs> that would be all about that. It, they were insane. They're just so good. Their men, the men on the team are just so strong. They can just hit home runs at will, pretty much. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what's new with you? Um, okay. I, I've had quite a week, actually. It's, um, <laughs> I don't know what happened last week. I can't remember. <laughs> Um, I'm like knee deep in work. I started 
watching Stranger Things. Oh. And because, like, I'm like, all right, it's fine. Because everybody's talking about it. I'm like, fine. It has its own hashtag. Let me check yeah. it out. And that show, I like, <laughs> I'm not, like, um, a science fiction, horror genre type of person. Right. But that show. It's, it's, it's really, like, engaging and engrossing. And it's gross. Yeah, it's like a sci-fi-ish, but still like that 80s throwback. Oh my gosh, the 80s throwback is too much. Especially when they were like a, a Ghostbusters. Yes, oh my god, oh they were so gosh. cute. Oh my gosh, Dustin's my favorite. Yes. And did you see him at the end there with his with his little do? Oh my god, oh the my cutest, his okay. little curly mullet. Yes. Um, Someone was telling me the other day that on Thanksgiving, actually, American Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. while we were watching football... Like, oh, Dustin's, like, the ugliest kid. And I was like, Dustin is the cutest kid. Dustin's the best. Mike irritates me the most. Yes, he's the worst. Oh, my gosh. He's such a know-it-all. I just want to, like, Yeah. Anyway. Uh, um, what was I going to say? Oh, apparently Dustin is also an excellent singer. There's a video. No on, way! There's a video of him on Facebook, and he has a phenomenal voice. No way! Yeah. Look at that. The multi-talented kid. I know. I know. So what, let me let me think about what's going. I had a thought about what I, what else I was doing, and then I lost it. So I'll just talk <laughs> the, the the podcast. Great. We'll see how that goes. Great. Um. <laughs> so let's get into it. Yeah. This week in feminism, we're gonna start off with one of your favorite topics. Woo. Um. So Rihanna's Fenty Beauty line has been named one of Time Magazine's 25 Best Inventions of 2017, and we've talked a lot about Rihanna and Fenty Beauty and how it started with a groundbreaking 40 different foundation shades. Um, And a lot of people who, mostly men, and probably some women too, think that, you know, it's just makeup. But, you know, something that we talk about a lot um, is that, like, an interest in beauty isn't foolish. It isn't frivolous. You know, there's a lot of politics behind beauty, behind femininity. Um, So it's, it's... unfair to dismiss that as just ignorant rhetoric um and something that people shouldn't be spending their time on um and people often equate being a feminist with not liking beauty and not liking femininity and i think that's entirely wrong i found the opposite true actually i i find i find that the women like (laughs) most interested in beauty are feminists yeah like some feminist. or hold feminist views or hold feminist views that actually when i was blogging and i started talking more about like serious issues um i found that like people would talk would the the people who followed me because of feminism were also the ones who dropped into my twitter and was like dude that shade looks amazing yeah like the amount so i hold a twitter chat Every week, and then I also, I, I, I hold a Twitter chat every week, and it is on Wednesdays at three. It's under my not in my color um, hash my not in my color um, account, and so a lot of times we will talk about women and femininity and the idea of beauty. I think the idea of beauty is very much one that instead of dismissing. We really need to investigate. Yeah. And when some people, I, I get it. Some people say, well, I should be, 
I should just be judged on my inner beauty. And you're just like, okay, because you, you have the ugliest, you pick the ugliest pet in the pound? I don't think so. The point is, is that people pick, they choose, they choose not only clothing, but they choose everything based on how it looks visually. When's the last time you saw a PETA ad or an animal rights <laughs> ad with like an ugly ass creature? Never. Okay. Or like even... There's a reason. I mean, this is going to be a bad example, but even like NRA ads. Yeah. There's a women that, that... There's a women. There's a reason that, especially the women in those ads, look the way they do. They're yeah. done up. And the idea of beauty and femininity really does change from white women to other women. Yes. And especially black women. And the idea of being judged for your beauty is in North America something that white women only hold. Yeah. Because they are the bastions of beauty. We are now trying to get more sort of inclusive, but things like Rihanna didn't happen because the beauty industry decided it was going to open up to other places. Things like Rihanna happened is because she saw a need yep. and she was do obviously doing some social listening and obviously like doing her research on what is not being offered as much. We've been talking about the in inclusion in beauty for decades, right? Why is it only now that Rihanna's done it, has proved, do you, you know she broke like a record? Yeah. It like a one month sales record. Yeah. All the, all the dark shades are consistently sold out. And there's this idea in the beauty industry still that, um, that beauty is for white women, mm -hmm. it's for skinny white women, mm -hmm. and mostly skinny blonde white women. Sure. Still. So she came out and said, mm, no, I can make more money than you, and I can do better than you Could by you... Service, serving a market that you refuse to serve. Yeah. Who is very passionate about beauty. We are passionate. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, it baffles me that, you know, a makeup line can be considered one of the best inventions of the year. But like you said, she's tapping into that niche. And um, one of the quotes from the interview, Rihanna says um, regarding finding products, makeup products that work for her, she says, quote, I've had my makeup done thousands of times. And when it comes to foundation, you just never know how it's going to turn out. I think foundation should look gr like great skin. So I, it was important to me um, that the foundation had a soft matte finish because you want a dewy look but never shiny. It was also important that every woman felt included in this brand. We are all so different with our own unique skin tones. So we started with the 40 foundation shades out of the gate. You know, it's funny because um, so I'm so I do makeup around Ottawa and the amount of people who can work on different skin tones is minuscule. Well, yeah. And that's like I have like my Asian clients will say, will say, oh my gosh, you get it. Like, mm -hmm. you don't make me look like a geisha. And yep. I'm like, well, yeah, I see your skin tone. Because when I see people's skin tones, I, I immediately see their undertones. Well, yeah, and it's just like... So you have rosier undertones. I put blush on. I see. <laughs> but your undertone is not yeah, that so... yellow no. that you would expect, yeah. right? And, and makeup artists and the way makeup has been taught has been... Asians have yellow undertones. Right. White people have pink undertones. Black people have 
like this blue undertone and that's not necessarily true yeah because i have this really neutral peach undertone that kind of work either way you have a rosier undertone than the average what you yeah. would call an average asian sure. skin and you need to see that in people and a lot of makeup artists, a lot of people at the beauty counter cannot recognize that to this day. Well, it's not even just like the the foundation and the skin tones. It's finding a makeup artist who can put on makeup to fit your features. Yes. Because the That's number the other of, thing. especially as Asians who have like the mono lid, like it's impossible for them to find a makeup artist or not literally impossible, but to find a makeup artist who know how to apply makeup to a hooded lid. Like, yeah. it's not the same as nope. when you've got a double lid. Nope. It's crazy. So if you are a makeup artist and you're listening, diversify your skill set because people want, particularly women of color and people of color, want to be able to wear makeup that looks good on them. But not only that, what about mixed kids? Well, yeah. Okay, mixed people with mixed ethnicities are not going to follow your, um, as I said, aforementioned rules. And those rules are old. Okay, those are from like the 60s. Yeah. And so really, I do not till this day, I do not recommend any sort of foundation that is not inclusive. Mm. I don't if you I don't care what kind of finish. I don't care how great it is. If you cannot make um uh a makeup line a line of foundation powders correctors concealers for um different skin tones then you don't need to be in this game at this point yeah right so um i as a rule will never recommend a foundation that at least doesn't doesn't at least have sort of something more inclusive right but the makeup i use when i go on jobs is um it's canadian canadians make really good makeup that's something we do really well bite beauty cargo mac um what else uh sponsor the pod yes yes (laughs) face atelier um all of them those are all canadian based companies and Mac changed the game too, and it changed the game because it actually did have it. It changed the game in a different right. way, in the same way. We all went to Mac because that was the only place that you could find your stuff. Now yeah. I don't like the quality of their stuff. Ever since they've been bought by by um, Estee Lauder in two in the early two thousands, but that's because I've been around for a while and I've seen the difference. But I mean, vegan makeup is another mm. is another vegan makeup is the place where there is a dearth of 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 colors for women of color yeah so if you own a vegan makeup line make sure it's expansive and i will support okay. <laughs> uh one more thing before we we move on uh rihanna in this interview was asked about um her about the response she's received regarding her her beauty line and she says quote I could never have anticipated the emotional connection that women are having with the products and the brand as a whole. Some are finding their shade of foundation for the first time and getting emotional at the counter. And that's something I will never get over. Oh, yeah. Because what what she's saying to every woman out there is, I, I see, see you. you. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. See? Like, dude, that wasn't even, like, pre-rehearsed. I swear. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're going to move on. Um, <laughs> we're going to take a dramatic shift yeah. into something much more depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we briefly touched on this story in our last episode, episode 19. Um, but for those who need to be caught up, um, Alabama is holding a special election uh, in December to fill a vacant U.S. Senate seat. The Republican candidate, Roy Moore, is facing allegations of pedophilia from when he was in his early 30s. And he's now in his 70s or so. Um, and there have been multiple allegations, all of which include him hanging out in places where teenage girls are present. So like at the mall or high school football games or dance recitals, um, hanging out with teenage girls in like a social dance setting. Recitals? That's where he saw his wife for the first time. You're shitting me. When she was underage. They, <gasps> yeah. He saw her for the first time there and then like they started dating later. Yeah. At a dance. Was she dancing in the yeah. dancers? You're shitting me. No. Oh my God. I know. I just see she had to turn down the mic just for that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so he also um, hung out with teenage girls socially um, and some of the most serious allegations alleged sexual assault um, with the youngest victim being 14 at the time of the assault. Um, the White House, of course, has not condemned these actions and Moore himself has denied them, although he has not denied that he did, in fact, date and or hang out with teenagers while being an adult um yeah so alabama is a deeply red state with a large swath of the population being deeply religious Uh, many church leaders have come out in support of Moore, despite his predatory behavior one of which is on the record saying quote judge roy moore graduated from west point and then went out on into the service served in vietnam and then came back and was in law school all of the ladies or many of the ladies that he possibly could have married were not available then. They were already married, maybe, somewhere. So he looked in a different direction, and always with the permission of the parents of the younger ladies. By the way, the lady he's married to now, Miss Kayla, was a younger woman. He did that because there is something about the purity of a younger woman. There is just something that is good, that's true, that's straight, and he looked for that. Who said that? A pastor in Alabama. Yeah, he's probably fondling young boys anyway. Like this is like a, come on. This is a really bad look for the church, and I'm I'm tired of the church, say, you know, spouting rhetoric about purity of women and saving yourself for marriage and abstinence, and it's just not realistic. And it leads to situations like this where you have thirty-year-old men preying on fifteen-year-olds. Like, as a regular thing. Like, he allegedly got banned from a mall. Yeah. Um, and, like, it's almost as though they're compromising their Christian values, these pastors and the electorate, by vowing to elect a man who doesn't live up to them, those values. Because the only way to further the values that they believe in, that they espouse, like... Um, uh, anti-abortion, et cetera, et cetera, is to vote for someone who is going to help them in Washington get those values across, even though he doesn't actually live by those values. The evangelical base is going to have a reckoning at some point. They're having a rough time. Well, well, they, you know what, um, Absolute power corrupts absolutely. I don't even know what else to say. Like, 
once you give people absolute power, that's it. You're just it, at that point. It's just you're just waiting for the time to tick down yeah. for them to fuck it all up. And did you see, um, the ch- uh, the church two hatch hashtag? No. So, um, this week, uh, church two hashtag started trending on Twitter. Um, and I'm going just going to read a, a tweet from Questlove. So Questlove says, well, in case you're baffled at the defense of Roy Moore in Alabama, peep the church to hashtag Hollywood and DC aren't the only institutions that need retooling. That mm. hashtag thread explains every Christian head scratching moment I've ever had. So basically people are coming out and talking about the abuse they suffered within um, a church context. And this thing, like, 37 minutes ago here's one i was 13 and the pastor's daughter a prominent church member molested me and i reported him to the church the church covered it up fired my father and made the church member (gasps) an elder no oh my yeah that's awful yeah that's awful so um i do think that there is um a history and a deep-seated sort of of misogyny uh, it's more than that it's more than misogyny there is there's a child molestation problem yeah in the evangelical church just like the catholic church had its reckoning mm. i really do believe that um the evangelical church needs to have its now going back to roy moore because these things are just passed off as apparently, um, I don't know, adults behaving badly or whatever. <laughs> looking for purity. Looking for purity and power. I, like, because this is just a part of that context, I feel like that's why they're so giving Roy Moore a pass, number one. Number two is that the balance of the Senate is kind of yeah. in play. And so any little advantage that they can get to get somebody who thinks like them in the Senate, yeah. they will forgive all. Yeah. And also, um, Roy, like, I just... I really wonder if people, like, actually listen to the words that come out of their mouths. I don't think so. Because they don't think that they live lost forever. They I I feel like some people just don't haven't quite caught on that what they put on the record on the internet in the news it now lasts forever. Exactly, which is why I would never get into politics. My my, <laughs> my Facebook and Twitter would never survive Same. that scrutiny. Same. I, you know, like <laughs> Like, like my tweets to Andrew Shear about white nationalism. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not going to play very well. <laughs> well, you know. Uh. <laughs> but, you know, I, I actually, there was, speaking of Twitter, there was a very, somebody messaged me a very interesting piece on the history of um, child molestation, pedophilia, and the, and the evangelical movement. Hmm. It's Again, it's power. Like yeah. I, I, Roy Moore to me, he, 
he he likes his women younger because he has complete control over them. Sure. That's it. Yeah. I always, whenever men are like, whenever there's like, I don't know, a bit of a spread. I shouldn't even talk because, you know, whatever. But a bit of a spread between You're a man an adult, it's fine. And, a, and his wife and the wife, he didn't meet the wife as an adult. I have an issue. Actually, to be honest, even 25 and 40, I'm just like, you like to be in control. That's how I know a man likes to be in control and, and is possibly controlling. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just touching back on what you were saying about the Senate, um, there is a good chance that Doug Jones, the Democratic candidate, wins. I think it, right now it's kind of a toss-up for the December 12th election. Um, so that's kind of exciting. Um, to get a blue seat in a red state. Um, but if you are in America and you think that this is fucking insane, um, go donate to Doug Jones's campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Canadians, we can't. So mm-hmm. do your part. Get your friends to donate to him. Um, there's lots of organizations if you want to like call people and phone bank for them. Volunteer. Yeah. If this stuff really pisses you off, volunteer knock on some doors get some shit done get some shit okay so i'm in the place now (laughs) where i'm done with awareness yeah i'm just done i'm like i've been making people aware for three years for four years i'm done i want shit to like Happen. happen yep because sorry the right wing waited eight years and they mobilized the fuck out of the last election i just want that people instead of we just want to have a talk no, we don't. We want shit to get done. Yeah. We want to change some shit. Yeah. Get angry and get out there. Yeah. Volunteer for some programs. Help yep. some immigrants learn something. Help some people of a lower... I, I have a friend in Dallas. Shout out to Bobby. Hey. <laughs> and Bobby um, donates his time to help, to help underprivileged people write good resumes so they can get good jobs. Oh, sweet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shit like that. Use what you're good at and help somebody. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. When I say action, that's what I mean. Yeah. All right. So moving on. Uh, A story broke this week um, about a former manager of an Ottawa nightclub in the popular Byward Market District where there's a lot of nightclubs. It's kind of a night area that I hate. Um, anyway, personal preferences aside, um, anyway, he was convicted of sexual assault for taking advantage of a drunken server, aka one of his colleagues, um, who was too impaired to give consent. The victim was, or is 19, uh, and testified that the manager, Mariano DeMarinas, followed her into an upstairs bathroom where she intended to vomit on the night of February 15th, 2015. Um, During the previous two hours, she was training as a bartender during a private party, and she consumed about 10 shots of hard alcohol. She wasn't sure which or what she was drinking. She probably Uh, started on one and then branched out. Well, yeah, because she's just drinking whatever everyone's buying. Yeah, exactly. Um, So the manager, uh, Dee Marinas, testified that the server had shown him naked photos on her cell phone and then led him by hand into the bathroom upstairs for a consensual encounter that ended when he realized she had, quote, hit a wall and was too drunk to continue. Um, In a judgment delivered 
Um, Judge Callum McLeod rejected the manager's version of events. As a bar manager trained to identify intoxicated customers and as someone responsible for the safety of his own staff, the judge said, DeMarinas should have known that his employee was too impaired and in need of protection, not predation. Oh, he's a predator. 100%. Um, I mean, like, I feel like he's trying, the manager's just trying to be like, oh, well, she showed me photos, and therefore that means she wanted to bang me. I, yeah, and I think we talked about something like this before, where, where about going to a guy's house, mm-hmm. and then, like, that apparently is now construed as consent. Yeah. And... I think we need to actually determine what the hell consent is. Yeah, previous behavior is not consent. That's not consent. And the the problem is, is that men who have the power in Canada, um, white men, um, <laughs> well, it's true. Like, Canada is one big, like, oligarchy. It's, yeah. I, I, like, there's, it, there's power concentrated in the hands of a few. Anyway. <laughs> that's an aside um he seems to me like there are, i i know a guy who i if let's just say if somebody said if somebody accused him of sexual assault i'd be like mm-hmm. mm. i'm not surprised yeah because the idea of consent is now well you're with it you're you're going along equals consent and i'm just like mm, no at the end of the day how obviously he had enough wherewithal to realize that she had hit a wall okay which probably means he pen- he he came that's basically his wall <laughs> okay i'm done now yeah. was his wall and um i, I I don't know, like, honestly, stories like this um, make me sad for this country. I, it really does. Yeah, like, it's it's a very... Where were her co-workers? Can I ask that? It's hard to say, because, like, sometimes when you work in a restaurant, you just go up to the, like, your... your um, I'm not saying... Staff and I'm not, room. I'm not... Yeah, I'm right? not like, putting the yeah. responsibility on them i'm no, just no, no. trying to round out the story yeah here. maybe she because she was training she got cut early right so or her colleague who was training her realized that she couldn't perform her duties because right. she was too drunk right it was because like go home up, yeah she went up to vomit yeah yeah which i told i believe her story and she, yeah and she maybe she went to go to use the staff bathroom i don't know yeah probably and then he followed her in there because yeah. he's, he he's been watching her all night they always watch they always watch and so I find it interesting, though, that in this article, we're not given the name of the nightclub. No. I want to know where the hell this is. What the hell? I'm sure we could Google it. We could creep it. Um, also, it's weird that he testified that she showed she had sent him or, oh, I guess showed him naked photos. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't take naked photos of myself and then, like, show them to the person on, like, my own phone. I don't think that's reasonable... I don't think it's that's... A, it's a dumb story. Yeah, I don't think that's um, a reasonable story in terms of the way people behave. If you're going to... if you're gonna, you're, Why would you show somebody and not, and not just, just send, send them. it to them? Yeah. 
Like, you know, because that doesn't make yeah. sense. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's especially in the age of Snapchat. Uh, right? Yeah. We have Instagram stories now. You can you can send that direct message and it disappears. Yeah. And then there's no evidence. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just send it to them? Uh, there's yeah, so many uh, ways that yeah. you could send stuff to people. Yeah. I just nobody who shows people like naked photos first of all who keeps naked photos of themselves that they're not sending to somebody on their phone yeah so what she's just showing naked pictures to everybody oh. is that is that what we're supposed to hey guys i'm here for the party by the way here's a naked photo of me what's up yeah this is my business card <laughs> <laughs> you know like the story's not even credible like that's the thing it's it, like, and yeah. I, the more stories I hear of these guys and their defenses, it seem it doesn't even seem credible to me. Yeah, it just doesn't. Yeah, I just I I'm just so sick of the shit. Ugh. <laughs> but yeah, it goes back to what we talked about last week, and like, when is Canada's reckoning coming? Of like, all their bad men, high profile bad men, and their sexual misconduct. I find that people. Okay, so Jesse Brown asked that question. Um, Jeer Heath, yeah. Heath Jeer. I can't remember which. I know. Was. I feel um, bad every time. I know. He he. Jeet here. It's Jeet here. Okay. He talked about it. If anybody, he's the um, the Canadian editor for the New Republic. Yeah. Um, by the way, Canadians are doing great things. I know. He's yeah. Great. I I feel like we should have anyway. Yeah. He's great. Uh, he is, and he's the one. He said so. A lot of people have said that. But where is it? Well, from people that I've talked to, and there was a conversation the other night when there was some older men, and they're like, oh, like, go meshy. And I'm like, cool. Uh, who else? They're like, oh, well, it's already done. It's already happened. I'm like, it hasn't happened. Nothing's One happened. person is not a reckoning. No. But we have such a culture of silence in it's this country. It's unreal. It is stifling. I don't know how people, you know what? I don't know how the wasps do it. This place is waspy. It's it is white Anglo-Saxon Protestant with the secrecy <laughs> and the this and the smiling up at people's face, but you know you're just you're it's fake. Yeah, it, there's this there's this fake facade in this country, when with everything, but especially with issues that people don't want to actually talk about. They smile in your face and pretend it's not happening, or they blame you for it. Yeah, that's what we have in this country. Yeah, those are the attitudes, and until we're ready. To change those fucking attitudes, good luck getting any justice in this country. But if you have any stories and you want to tell them to us, we can connect you with some reputable, respectable reporters who will tell your story in a fair For way. For sure. Ooh, by the way, yes. So if you guys have a story of um, sexual harassment or assault, um, email us. We'll keep your story and your identity anonymous and we can actually forward you on to people who will take your story and handle it with care and responsibility yeah um all right so last topic uh south africa's supreme court of appeal uh this past week uh more finally got their minds right more than doubled the sentence imposed on by a lower court on oscar pistorius a double amputee Olympic sprinter convicted of killing his girlfriend, Riva Steenkamp, in his home in February 2013. 
Uh, the Supreme Court of Appeal increased the sentence on Friday to 15 years, but deducted time served um, under both prison and house arrest, meaning that he now faces an outstanding sentence of 13 years and five months. Um, in his defense, Mr. Pistorius argued that he had shot Miss Dean Camp by accident, firing four bullets through a bathroom door in the belief that an intruder had entered his upscale villa in Pretoria. Only when he smashed down the door, he said that his, at his trial did he discover that he had shot his girlfriend, uh, Ms. Steenkamp. Prosecutors said that he had killed her in a jealous fury after an argument in the early hours of Valentine's Day 2013. Nothing says I love you quite like a death. Um, in July of last year, uh, Judge Massapa handed down a six-year term for murder. She explained that her seemingly lenient... Her seeming leniency um, by explaining that uh, Oscar Pistorius had shown genuine remorse in trying, albeit without success, to apologize in person to Ms. Steenkamp's family. So an apology makes it a-okay? He murdered her. Yeah, like, uh, cool. Could you imagine, like, Jeffrey Dahmer just being, oh, sorry, cool. And then they're like, oh, cool. That's fine. Here's six years. It's fine. No. (laughs) Wow, the eye roll there was real. I'm just like, no. Like, that's not even credible. Like, why why do they... I I always wonder, why do these people not feel like they have to come up with something credible? Like, there's some disrespect there. It's it's really (laughs) interesting to me because obviously this is like... A very obvious case of domestic violence, mm-hmm. but the fact that the, the the original trial judge was a woman is very weird to me. That's another thing. That is another. And she was just thing. like, "Oh, well, you apologize or tried to apologize. Uh, six years for murder. It's okay." Now, I believe that South Africa is known for its violence against women. Well, they're like, not a, known. they're not a, like a liberal bastion by any no, means. No, but like like even like I'm not even talking about the racial shit. I'm talking about, you know, they got a I, lot of issues. They but but apparently this, you know, violence against women is a huge issue there. Mm. Like it's it's just so acceptable. It's a lot more acceptable than here. I know somebody's going to be like South Africa's not like that. Have you ever been there? Da-da-da-da. Listen, mm. I get it. I've never been to South Africa. We're only going on what we... We are only going on what we read. If you guys if you guys know better because you've been or you've lived or you're from or whatever, fine. Okay? Good. So. We're obviously generalizing. Obviously. That and I'm okay with being, you know, wrong. <laughs> I don't think I am. Um, the Oscar Pistorius story just follows the same arc it's it's like a worldwide arc of violence against women and you know it's it's i this story rocked me for some reason and it i guess it's because i remember seeing him in the olympics and i remember Mm. being like so excited because he he had you know participated in one and done all this stuff yeah and so now who remembers him from the olympics no one okay could you imagine so i don't know if it's international outcry that kind of fostered this 
but yeah it blew up so big more than i ever would have it would probably for like any other and i think it's because his his fall from grace was so yeah. far all yeah. yeah yeah um but it just goes to show that the same type of personality that can rate reach those great heights is the same type of man that can, and personality that can commit such horrendous such a horrendous crime yeah I was going to make mention two people, but they haven't murdered anyone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yet. Um, There's still some Dodge Chargers available. It was it was really <laughs> funny because we were talking um, the other night or other day, my boyfriend and I, with his friends about, uh, I want to say, we were talking about football. They were talking about, oh, like, um, the there are running back next year like could be really good da 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 and like my boyfriend has Ezekiel Elliott on his fantasy team oh gosh and I I was like oh well he's like oh it could be like better than Ezekiel Elliott and I was like or like the next Ezekiel Elliott I'm like oh so also like a wife beater I like, thought it was rape whatever <laughs> it's like it sure like another like commits violence against his wife. He's like, well, no, that's not proven yet. We don't know. There's still hope. There's still hope. And then I said, oh, he's like, and he's like, who is the one, like, the last, like, really great running back? And he's like, oh, Adrian Peterson. And I was like, uh-huh. Oh, God. Uh-huh. So there's a theme here. He's like, Shh. Adrian Peterson, <laughs> and they didn't mention Marshawn Lynch? Who are these people you're oh, talking I th- to? I think they also mentioned Marshawn <laughs> Lynch. Like, but like, uh, let's go to the Marshawn Lynch side. <laughs> I, I'm more like him. I like him. You know? But it was just funny because of the, like... The, I know. Yeah, I, I was know. like, huh. Well, and we can only hope that this new guy's not an asshole. So, Ezekiel Elliott is being replaced? He's suspended. Oh, right. That's... Oh, right. That's why Jerry Jones had the thing with yeah. Bob Kraft. He accepted his suspension. Uh, yeah. 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 That was, that was some NFL drama that I was mm-hmm. so here for because Jerry Jones is the biggest plantation owner of them all. Fuck Jerry Jones. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, stay tuned for uh, Rent and Receipts. Okay, moving on to Rent and Receipts. Uh, this is where we each bring a story or topic to share with the other and, you know, kind of bitch about it a little. So, Erica, you want to get us started? Yay, I'll get us started on something positive and light. Are you being sarcastic? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Centoya Brown, now 29, was 16 years old when she was sentenced to life in prison. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah, for um, killing a 43-year-old man who had solicited her for sex. So this was back in 2004 in Tennessee. And although she was just a child, I think she was, yeah, she was 16. At the time of her trial, she was sentenced as an adult. Ugh, I hate when they do that. I know. Um... In her trial, she testified that she had been beaten, choked, dragged, and raped as a regular occurrence by her pimp. She was often threatened at gunpoint, um, raped at gunpoint, and forced to perform um, sexual, you know, like... Sex acts? Sex acts for at gunpoint from Ooh. whatever, from her pimp or whatever john she had or whatever yeah so um in 2011 
Um, so, sorry, let me go back. So, um, the defense had argued that it was this repeated trauma that had caused uh, Brown to kill Allen. So, in 2011, a documentary filmmaker, Daniel Berman, um, delved into Brown's past and the physical, verbal, emotional, sexual abuse she suffered as a child. Brown had already been a repeated victim of sex trafficking when she was solicited at the age of 16 by 43-year-old realtor Johnny Allen, the man she killed. So somehow, someway, this got celebrity attention. Right, yeah. And Rihanna posted an image of Sintonia Brown, or Sintoya Brown, from a 2011 documentary from that documentary, Me Facing Life, Sintoya's story, and centered on her case. From there, because Kim Kardashian cannot left out, be left out of anything black, um, <laughs> she and Cara Delevingne and other celebrities, so Viola Davis is one of them, which is where I got this piece, um, shared the same picture and caption, renewing public attention on the case. Now, Kim Kardashian West has reportedly enlisted the help of her high-powered attorneys to try and free Brown, as well as another imprisoned black woman um, who's 61. I'm not sure what she's in prison for, but um, Kim has enlisted her attorneys to help them too. And I just want to say um, there are many ways to take this story. Um, I think on a huge big picture scale, when organizations and institutions that are meant to provide help or justice fail, um, social media does take over, mm -hmm. and especially black Twitter. And black Twitter is a force. And basically, um, I feel like Kim enlisting the help of her high-powered attorneys is a mea culpa to black, tw not a mea culpa, but like a an olive branch to black Twitter because mm. she's been fucking up lately, <laughs> you know? I think I, I with the Jeffree Star thing Ugh. and with um, something about her making a comment on um, the race of her children or had to do with the race of her children mm. that didn't go over too well, plus the whole Aaliyah thing with her dressing yeah, up as Aaliyah for Halloween. And for Halloween and people took offense to that. And so I, <laughs> I think on some level, it's like it really is an olive branch. But on another level, first of all, Rihanna is a force. Yeah. Can we just say that? Can we just take some time and just talk about... Okay, we just talked about her Fenty Beauty. Yeah. Um, last year, her anti-album broke a whole lot of records. It was very underappreciated. It was. It was, in my opinion, probably her best album. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I really like, like, the one right after the Chris Brown incident. Yeah. Um, in 2009, I forgot. Rated R. Mm, I, I, that's my other favorite one. But anyway, that's an aside. Um, and it just goes to show that how people are using their brands to promote justice and social justice. And on one way and on another way, they're not. They're undermining it. But the point is, is that there is sort of a positive use of Twitter 
and social <laughs> and other social, social and other social media. Um, I have a controversial thought. Oh, good. I like it. Is Rihanna using her celebrity in a more effective and meaningful way than Beyonce? Because, I mean, the beehive is a force. The beehive is a force. Yeah. But, like, they and they will do whatever she wants. Um, but, like, oh, oh. what I, is she, like, I don't, like, Beyonce did her Houston stuff. But I d- don't know what Beyonce actually really stands for. Well, she did, uh. Was it her and Jay Z who um, who paid for the bail of um, a bunch of women in custody I'm for them sure. to actually spend Mother's Day with their children and Father's Day oh, with I their don't know. children? Yeah. yeah, there was a story. Beyonce. Does she actually, and she does. She has her scholarship at Howard University. Not only that, she's done a lot for Black Lives Matter. <laughs> but right. The, th- the difference, okay, so Beyonce speaks through Instagram. Yes. That's how she connects with connects with us yes. through Instagram, but she's still distant. Yes. Beyonce is a more distant figure in general. Part of the mystique. Which is part of the mystique, and it's, 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 it's why she can drop an album in secret. Yeah. Twice. Sure. She's done that twice. Yeah. And so um, I do think that she does a lot of behind-the-scenes work that she doesn't get credit credit for and and probably which is fine which is fine and she probably doesn't want credit for it you know which yeah which is just she's different... not taylor swift who every little thing she does we have to hear <sighs> about it for days i mean really like okay you did something nice for somebody you go you went to visit a sick kid yeah who doesn't do that but like i guess my thing is like i know like the causes that are important to rihanna right we don't know the causes that are important to beyonce and yeah. i one and i'm sure that's deliberate so that she doesn't alienate um i mean maybe but like she was she stand hard for hillary clinton who didn't though i mean every every major celebrity female celebrity in hollywood did sure um i mean except for taylor swift it, it all depends on how she sees her brand i guess and Rihanna, Rihanna just gives no fucks in general. Yeah. So I just think Rihanna is a different type of person where she's going to go out. She's going to say what she's going to say. She's going to put it out there and you can deal with it. Yeah. And I guess like you see Rihanna going out and about in a much more normal way than she's Beyonce. She's accessible. Yeah. But like I don't, I don't know. I feel like Beyonce were to go out, people would just mob her. Yeah. Whereas I guess you just kind of treat Rihanna like a normal person. Beyonce is the... I would say she is the most successful recording artist of our generation. Yeah. I would say she just overtook Taylor Swift on the 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 most powerful woman in Hollywood or music or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the highest paid. The highest paid, which means power usually. But I I'm not sure. And remember, Beyonce came out like eight years before Rihanna. Yep. And it was just a different time then. Yeah. So I think the way that she grew up in celebrity is different than Rihanna. Yeah. Whereas Rihanna came out in 2005, um, like, 
social media and all of that was just starting. Yeah. But Rihanna is just a more accessible figure. Yeah. So, for example, sorry, I'm going to go on about a beauty thing. For Fenty Beauty, because Fenty Beauty is coming out with some lip uh, lip, lip color. co- colors. Lip yeah. colors. They just have the gloss right yeah. now. Yeah. And there's a red one. I can't remember the name of it. She did an impromptu like tutorial on Instagram or Twitter or whatever just you know just to say I'm putting this on this is how it looks that's accessibility yeah um Beyonce would never do that if she had like besides promo shots have you really seen her hang out in Ivy Park her brand <laughs> no okay no like I don't even know what happened to that brand it's still I don't even know what that brand is yeah it's not like clear. it wasn't really defined yeah it's just you know yeah but uh going back to uh this story here Santoya brown it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, particularly getting the kardashian west money behind it i think it's very interesting to see i all I, I always say we're in a new paradigm in terms of america and canada have this um cohort of of well people who are not white who pay taxes <laughs> And so, especially in Canada with the waves of immigration and now we're grown and we're paying taxes and we're doing all that stuff, uh, it's really interesting to see how um, celebrities that are not white, celebrities of color, are taking on causes and the causes they choose to take Mm -hmm. on. And so... You have Viola Davis, Cara Delevingne, which seems like the odd person out in this thing, but she's not. Yeah. Because she, too, is a more outspoken woman. I also want to say that it's women. Oh, yes. It is women who are leading the cause, leading the charge, and who are using their celebrity for this. Men are complaining about free speech. Yeah. Okay. That they don't want to afford to anybody but those who think like them. But I digress. <laughs> oh, I hope something my does. Goodness. I hope something good does happen. But I'm pretty sure with a team, an attorney team that with Kim Kardashian behind it, she'll have as great of a chance as she will ever have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the the, the only problem is what happens to um, Brown when she gets if she gets released. Well, I because about like that. Yeah. she's been in in the system for thirteen years and she's almost thirty and that's yeah. a tough transition. It so is. like, are, are and she's been in and out of the system be, be yeah. before that. So what is she going to go back to sex work what? or is Kim Kardashian going to give her a job? I mean, well, Steph. Yeah, I, I know, mean, she I could know. take Steph Shep's job. I guess. I, I guess. <laughs> but this is the other thing. Have you been watching How to Get Away with Murder? No, not yet. Okay, so. There was an episode where Viola Davis is, um, she ended up freeing a woman like Centoya. I, I keep calling her Centonia. I'm sorry. I'm terrible with names. Sorry. Um, Centoya Brown, it was a similar story. Mm. This woman had been in and out of, of, of the system since she was about 13 years old when she was, you know, because she was raped by her father or had been sold right or whatever the story was so the moment she got out it didn't take her a month and she was dead from the overdose 
or I think it was six months or something. And although that's a fictional story, I think you're right about what is the transition going to look like? What does the transition look like from being in the system to actually being outside and trying to function like, you know, somebody who grew up with a family? I don't know. Because it's great for all these celebrities to try to advocate for her, advocate for her release. But like if they're not going to help her in that transition and like give her some sort of support or you know, pay for support, then she's going to go right back. True. True. And I also think that what you just said touches on a bigger issue. As you know, we're um, in Ottawa. They're having, um, there's a fight, actually. Mommy and Daddy are fighting in Ottawa (laughs) about the Salvation Army Center in Vanier that they want to put in Vanier. The whole thing is we have to start thinking as a society about an, a holistic approach to care. In other words, you're not just treating the symptom, you're actually treating the underlying cause and you're providing services to transition people into more stable life. Yeah. Right? And you're providing those counseling services, the occupation, um, the even managing time, for example, yeah, like skill. You're building skills, like, like basic skills. I mean, we need to think about how to approach these social issues, the this care, with more than just we'll put a band aid on it and off you go. Yeah, yeah. All right. So my random receipts this week um, is not really like an issue, just kind of a conversation or something that I wanna. I've been thinking about. Um, So it's been about eight to ten weeks since the Harvey Weinstein allegations first came to light. And uh, since then, we've seen more and more allegations come out against powerful men, particularly in entertainment and politics, in the entertainment industry and politics. Um, As these stories continue to be told with new men falling and stories piling up against those already down, uh, people are starting to wonder what the appropriate actions are and how we move on. Um, A story that I read in the cut had an interesting passage. Um, quote, I worry that the drive to render sentence is pulling focus from what we should, what should be being revealed here, which is the pervasiveness of the behavior, the way the whole culture tells us that jokes about grabbing women's breasts are funny, the way that a comedian who builds his career in part on telling these jokes can become a trusted public and political figure to begin with, which is not to say that Al Franken should not be trusted. And I happen to think that he's a great senator, but you know, Gilda Radner might have also been a great senator, but can we imagine the scenario in which she'd have been granted comparable public authority? That's the part I want to examine. Not just individual villains and the degree of villainy they may have perpetrated, but rather how entire political and public power structures permit the rise of so many men who, regardless of the degree of their defense, wind up both as enablers of and enabled by their power advantages. So, um, particularly regarding Al Franken, um, he said that he's not going to be stepping down from his Senate seat, and all of the men facing allegations in politics have also decided not to step down. Um, instead, Al Franken has stated that he wants to make an effort to regain the trust of his constituents in Minnesota. So I wonder, what does that look like? Like, do all men who face allegations, I'm going to like wax 
um poetic um um what the fuck's her name sarah jessica parker carrie what's her face carrie bradshaw thank you um do all men who face allegations of sexual harassment and assault need to lose their jobs um i would say that there's probably a spectrum of acceptable actions like for assault absolutely they should lose their jobs um but like harassment's kind of more of like a gray area because like it's not illegal um bye bitch that's what i have to say i i'm not i'm sorry i know i'm interrupting yeah. you but i just i couldn't listen anymore i was just like, <laughs> i was just like anyway but like, carry on but going back to like the, that passage from the cut like how the question is like how does someone like al franken who like built a career on that type of behavior able to become such a public and political figure and so widely respected while still doing a good job bye <laughs> i don't know what else like I, 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 you know what fucking pisses me off is that, is that we're talking about like the fragility with which women are handling men in this situation, in these, in these op-eds and these pieces and this and that bitch, we're angry. We're sure. like, fuck. Like why should Al Franken be, a, I saw that picture. Yeah. Oh, did you see Ariana Huffington too? Did you oh, did you fuck. hear about that? Yeah. 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 There's a woman who exploits other women. There there's a faux feminist. Yeah. But we're over here going rah, 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 like she's somebody without without uh, anyway, as a little backstory. Also, who reads Thrive Global? What is that? That's her like new company. Oh, please. Anyway, um Ariana Huffington mocked um uh, an an accusation, I guess. Uh, um, she was th- like, "Oh, I've never had any problems with this person." Yeah, I I think there was a story that came out, and um, somebody had said that I I can't remember who the person was. This person had treated Ariana Huffington in such a way that was could be construed as sexual misconduct or something like that, and she mocked it. Yeah, she mocked it. It was. It was grotesque. And I'm not saying whether or not he's it happened or not. That's not the way you respond. Mm-hmm. Especially as a woman right. in power. Yes. As a yeah, who owns a company? Who owns a company that is supposed to empower other women? Yeah. Uh, well, especially her company that talks a lot about wellness. Yes. The wellness that everybody can achieve by not getting paid by her publication because she exploits labor too. And nobody calls her out on that. Nobody. Yeah. Except yeah. for Twitter. Well, there yeah. you go. Twitter calls everyone out. Yeah. Um, but I guess my question is like, regardless of whether, like, how high profile these men are, like, if a man, um, like, a man in your workplace has been sexually harassing people. Bye. Then so then like who hires him after like should he just not have a job? Um, yeah. Like where do they go? Like what um, do they do? Guess how many people don't have a job because of that person? No, I know. You know what I mean. But, but I'm just I, like I'm like so like what does okay, like it look like to okay, what okay. does it look like to make amends? Like what you is the acceptable actions? Like, it looks like it doesn't. look... And who decides? Well, not them. No. The fact. Okay. So I think I think it looks like this. You resign or you're fired. Um, but you we don't like there has to be some pain involved or else you don't learn. Yeah. Right. 
So not having a job to, I guess, most men is a very painful thing. Sure. Fine. But it they really have to start to, first of all, I think part of it is um, is actually facing the people that they harass. I think that's part of it. Oh, I, I definitely agree. I think, I think you were responding to my face because I yes. was thinking of something else. Yeah. And I was like trying to think of how to tie that in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I agree with you. Yeah. There should be some sort of like rejust- restorative yeah. justice component yes. to it. Yes, there should be a restorative justice. But I component. do wonder like if, you know, suspending them for a period without pay to like kind of like knock them down a couple of pegs or firing them or whatever is that the right move? Because like, obviously they've got some internal misogyny and a little bit of toxic masculinity. So like if they're, if you're firing them for something that they don't necessarily believe is wrong behavior, that it is that just feeding that toxic masculinity being like, Oh, well they believe that bitch. And like that bitch got me fired. Like, I don't know that that helps. I would say that it's, not either or i think the firing is step one sure the reconciliation is step but you can't reconcile if you fired someone okay so they should be on payroll and do but you can like suspend them without pay and then they in order to come back they could be like a back to work plan but we're assuming that we can impose this on them sure yeah and i don't think that's the case no but I do think there needs to be a fall from grace. Yeah, they should be fired. And they may say that. Bi- they're saying that bitch anyway. It's not like they're just yeah. doing it in a but, different but way. Is it, but like, it, does it also like, does that, you know, get them fired up and be like, oh, that bitch or whatever. And they're then does that, like, but then does that like compound going down the road and make it worse for the next people? Well, by the time you tell them that what they're doing is wrong and it's a fireable offense, they're already saying that bitch. Yeah. So that bitch mentality started way before. Mm-hmm. Granted, it will fuel it. Yeah. But at the same time, um, you know, I don't, I think you're not only firing them for them, you're firing them because you're letting everybody else know that it's intolerable and that women are believed. Because those are the other messages you're sending yep. when you're like, this is not acceptable, bye. But at the same time, you know, you can lead a horse to water, you can't make him drink. So I'm all for leading the horse to water, but I'm not going to pretend that they're going to, every one of them is going to drink yeah. be- from that, you know, water. Because at the end of the day, how do we know that they're not going to use a reconciliation process to manipulate other women? Well, yeah. Although there would have to be a degree of like intelligence there. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> All right, and so now we're at misogynist of the week. Who could it be? Uh, There's so many. Could it be Al Franken? No, because we already talked about him. Who else? Could it be Roy Moore? Nope. Charlie Rose? Not Charlie Rose. Mm. Charlie Rose. I was just like, really, Charlie? Really? He's so old. I know, and you're just like, really? So old. So many of these guys are so old. But I'm, I'm convinced that that's why. I'm convinced that the guys who are susceptible to this are the ones who didn't get their female entitlement when they were growing up. Mm. Right? Mm. So, 
like when I say female entitlement, I I mean perceived female entitlement, right? Hmm. So for example, the one who shot up the place in California there a couple years ago, the school, well, I know which one, um, the dude who was half Filipino and he wasn't getting laid and he hated all women because he wasn't getting laid. And uh, okay, yeah, yeah. And Becky wasn't pretend like yeah. wasn't giving him any. Play, right, 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 right. And then fuck you, bitches. You bitches are awful. <laughs> you know. Blah, 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 blah. Next thing you know, you have a massacre. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, Look yeah. at Weinstein. He's a pig. Uh, I I see where this thesis comes from. It's a thesis. Our or hypothesis. I will throw out Jeremy Piven. He's gross. No, I know, but like. You're telling me he didn't get his female entitlement as a young guy? No. Really? No. He's, he's not unattractive. No, but he's not. He has no game. He has, he's not smooth. He's not nice. He's not. Okay. I you see. know yeah. You know what I mean? When you're growing up and you got nothing else but you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's got nothing. I uh, bet you he started that when he started getting money. And then he felt, oh, I have money now. So now yeah. I can, you know. It's really funny that he like clearly like playing Ari in that show he is Ari in uh, entourage was like not a stretch for him <laughs> anyway misogynist of this week for fortunately none of the many many men who have had multiple sexual harassment and assault allegations against them in high profile Hollywood and political positions however um, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police the federal uh, police force in Canada uh, is facing sexual harassment and discrimination claims from roughly 1,100 women. So as many as 1,100 women have begun the process of opening sexual harassment or discrimination claims against the RCMP, in total 353 women have finalized and submitted sexual harassment, discrimination, or intimidation claims against the RCMP since the process started in August, which is incredibly high um, and as many as 780 additional women have opened a claim but have not yet submitted documentation to complete the file um, a spokesperson for the rcmp says that quote we cannot be certain that each and every one of the people who have opened a file will in fact submit a claim anyone can go online and open a file um, you might have people who are just curious about the process and you might also have reporters looking to understand how the system works um, of the 353 claims submitted, 72 decisions have been rendered, um, with roughly three months remaining for possible victims to submit claims to the RCM, or to, to, to submit claims. Um, these figures already are su- surpassing the initial estimate of a thousand claims put forward by the government, when then RCMP Commissioner Bob Paulson apologized for the force's female employees. Sorry, apologize to the force's female employees in October 2016. Uh, at that time, the government announced that w- it would set aside $100 million to settle sexual harassment and discrimination claims made by female employees. So I'm very curious to see how high this number goes. So Erica, what the fuck's wrong with the RCMP? Men. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yes, all men. Mm-hmm. Men are just not, they're not, they're taking L's lately. <laughs> I mean. It's it's hard out there for a man. Yeah. yeah. But like my, actually. My heart bleeds. Yeah. 
I know, I know. You guys have been taking a hit. I, I do understand that. I've been giving them. They they give um, the yeah, it gives like <laughs> it gives like the legit good guys a bad rep. Yeah, well, you know what? But maybe I've, maybe next time they decide to be silent, they'll actually speak I definitely up and have say told something. my boyfriend that all men are trash and he's like, uh and I'm like, but you're like the best of the trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like Thank you. I, he's like, I don't know what to say, but I know I'll just nod and Is that it. a compliment? <laughs> he doesn't really know how to respond to that. It's fine. <laughs> oh, my God, that's hilarious. Oh, my gosh, I'm dying. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so. <laughs> Time out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, all men. I just, I, I really do think, like, men in spaces by themselves running shit is just bad. It just ends up being bad. Like, I mean. Yeah, and I also, like, I feel that police forces, I mean, there are the whole thing we talked about um, over the summer uh, that Robin Doolittle with, did with the, the unfounded things where police forces weren't following or were calling sexual assault cases that they had received unfounded because there weren't enough to prosecute um, the the suspect. Um, but, like, there's just a pervasive issue in police forces of sexual harassment and discrimination and all these things. Um, one, because they're predominantly white spaces. Two, they're predominantly male. But three, I think they also attract a certain type of individual apparently they don't know how to vet because well no because you just had to hit their criteria yeah well their criteria is like <laughs> you're getting what i'm finding uh, are a lot of people uh, um a lot of dudes in like security too they let power go to their head yeah, yeah like the security dude yelling at you should not be a thing yeah okay but and i find that men <laughs> In general, <laughs> uh, especially when they have a position of physical power over women. So we're talking about, or over anybody else, police forces, armies, that kind of thing. It's even worse. It's worse. So I, I have a story. So when I was in Florida, um, my friends from back home in Vancouver, um, they were telling me, so I used to play on the team with them back, back at home. Uh, with my ex-boyfriend and uh, they told me that he had joined become a border officer and so you go to, to border this must training have been a real ex-boyfriend if you had to hear this from people like oh yeah <laughs> yeah we, well we broke up like a, probably a year or so before I moved out here oh okay yeah so um, this is ex, 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 ex. yeah he yeah. was like like my last like serious boyfriend anyway he went to border training and now he's like married and whatever and that's fine um but he got home from his training in Quebec and decided number one. decided that he was so well trained in self defense and was so confident in his ability to quote unquote protect his house that he didn't lock the condo door. He was like, Oh, if someone breaks in, I can get them. I know all my training. I can protect this home and my wife. 
which is such a load of fucking shit. I didn't know you can you can beat up a bullet. <laughs> like or a knife. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, also okay. like maybe the guy's way bigger than you. Or maybe his training's better. Or a number of other things. Or maybe he's just maybe he's just been in the street so long he could take you out. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't fight fair. Maybe he's just angrier than you. You know, all these things. You yeah, know, I mean, like this, this just like toxic masculinity to try to like justify your behavior because you believe that men need to behave a certain way. Yeah, and it's a way that's usually, I don't know. I I think that these, these, you know what? These police forces need an enema. <laughs> like they really do. They need to like, I don't know if they just need to start over, just take where it, get rid of it. Some of these institutions, I'm like, when are they just going to, maybe they should just, like, just get rid of everybody and start all over. Right. Because I feel like it's easier. And, but that's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I'm just saying that because it's easier, which is, doesn't mean it's right. Um, well, yeah, like, so last year, um, the CBC had a story about how, the diversity of police forces fails to keep pace with Canadian populations. So obviously they're way more white, which is problematic. The, st- <laughs> the structure is white. Because even if you get, like, who's that Who's that fool of a police chief in Toronto, Saunders, the black guy? Oh, I don't know. Oh my gosh, I, I haven't seen such un- Uncle Tom foolery in my life. <laughs> I mean, the jigaboo this dude taps or tap dances is just too much for me. I'm just like, and the fact that there's a problem, the fact that Julian Fantino, who used to arrest and especially arrest people of color disproportionately for marijuana violations, the fact that he can now set up a marijuana company is everything that's wrong. At the end of the day, the police for in order for police forces to work, to actually be effective, they have to earn the trust of the people that they are protecting. And they don't seem to understand that part of it. They think that because they have the gun, the budget, and the authority and the military grade weapons, they can literally run roughshod over you. Yep. Right now we're having an issue with carding and he, and that's in the news again. We have, you know, funny enough, it was only the other day I remembered the the RCMP um, sexual abuse story um, that broke, I think it was, was it 13 or 14, 2013, 14, 15, somewhere around there, and they were being sued. And so um, I'm here for suing the fuck out of these people because that's the only way, that's the only language they understand. Yeah. You know? I just, when, I want to know, when are people just going to be like, this is bullshit, we want better, and we want more from our police force. What I find is that there's a lot of apathy, and there's a lot of, oh, well, I guess that's just the way it is, and that's so Canadian, and it drives me up the wall. We would have much better institutions if people, people actually took action, got angry, and did some shit. We really would. Yeah. You know? I mean, these... The, yeah, the, Canada has a very high degree of apathy, and I don't know why. The RCM... Because because we pride, we pride stability over justice. 
We don't. And we well, don't, and I, I wonder if we're some not of really it, here for justice. We're here for stability. I wonder if how much of it also is based on like that stereotype of Canadians being polite and mild mannered. Like we're we are fitting into that by inaction. So yeah. like is it, it's a chicken and egg argument kind of. Yeah, and we're very risk averse society too. Right. So yeah. as long as people have, you know, can pay their mortgage on time, they they feel okay. Um everything else, I mean, everything else is just is just there's there's a lot of classism bullshit too that a lot of that we don't talk about either. Yep. Um I think the class of women um, as you know, police forces in this country um, are routinely violent against, you know, indigenous women. Oh, God. Where it's is where's the outcry for that? I don't, you know what? I don't want a public um, inquiry. We shouldn't, anybody calling for a public inquiry, I don't even want to hear from because that tells me you don't want action. Well, like, it means you want a very bureaucratic process that is more focused on the pomp and circumstance and actual results. See, wasn't that so much better said than what <laughs> I said? That's exactly it. We are a bureaucratic nation. We were built on bureaucracy. We we survived because of bureaucracy, but now this country's changing and we don't our institutions don't know how to change with it. It's like it's like the administrators at the university. I'm shocked at how just tone deaf and idiotic and ignorant to the outside world that they are. Because when bureaucrats run the country, they're running it from a very narrow sliver of experience and knowledge. Well, and honestly, like RCMP members are bureaucrats. They are bureaucrats. And you know what makes a good bureaucrat? Rule following. Yes, and silence and not... not, rocking the boat and you know you're finding people who are like cool like this is the law and if you step one sliver outside of it you're done you're done you're done so what do we do to fix that i don't know i guess do we start with new entrants do we start with um trying to train the old ones do we start with um uh changing the criteria do we start like what do we do where do we start because Mm -hmm. all these things have to be addressed i mean as much as we're saying you know especially on this podcast that it is white and male what do we do to not have the institution function like that because you can put like i said you have chief saunders in toronto you can put people of color at the top and they'll whiten up in like nobody's business yeah like apple's vp of diversity <laughs> uh-huh yeah so or former vp of diversity yeah so um people of color within a white structure still white yeah you know so uh, it's just that number one because the people of color and the women that they choose to to head a department or are the ones who follow the rules the best they're the most bureaucratic as long as you're bureaucratic let kids let me tell you something out there as long as you follow this these rules be bureaucratic in canada at your job you will be promoted so what that means is (laughs) don't rock the boat number one 
don't speak out of turn. Um, don't say something that the rest of the organization doesn't agree with. And don't pontificate by yourself. Thinking is not allowed. Thinking outside the box is not allowed. Number two, if you see wrongdoing, say nothing. Number three, if you experience wrongdoing, say nothing. And number four, just smile and pretend nothing happened. <laughs> That's how you get ahead in Canada. <laughs> well, on that lovely note. <laughs> I know. I would love to tell people are like, I've done great work. Yeah, you've been allowed to do great work because you've been promoted into a position where great work happens. So basically, if you want... You're great by association. You're great by association. You haven't done, like, have you moved the bar somewhere? Have you changed something? Have you looked at a better way of doing something? No? Okay. I I don't know. You know? Like, I don't know. I Like, one of the things that I find just so perplexing about the RCMP is that they know they have a problem. And yet they're like, yeah, yeah. Seems like a lot of work. It seems like a lot of work that we don't want to try. And everybody's just A-okay with it. But we're going to talk a lot about thinking about doing a lot of work. That's right. And everybody's so A-okay. And then everyone's going to be like, oh, well, then if they talk about it, then obviously they're doing it. Yeah, obviously they're doing it. Because they're talking about it all the time. All the time. So when I hear people who are like, oh, well, I I don't think that we should be... Policing such a tough job. So is getting your ass beat by the police just for mm. being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that happens more often than you think it does. I mean, or having the wrong skin color. Or having sure. the wrong skin color, the wrong gender, <laughs> and the wrong skin color, as indigenous women like yeah. we're talking about. Or just being stopped randomly. You don't see a problem with civil liberties there. But that's just A-OK. I don't understand the Look, apathy. Erica, they're just not following the rules, okay? That's right. The rules. How dare you jaywalk? You deserve to get your ass beat. Okay. Because that's, that's a lot <laughs> of people's, you know, how dare you. Um, and for women, you, in, in such a male, like, toxic masculine culture, you, what do you do? Yeah you try to become one of the boys because that's survival. Yep. Yep. If they don't have your back out there, you're dead. Yep. Right? Yeah. You you got to like conform even though... You have to conform even more so because the consequences are greater. Yeah. 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 Well, on that happy note, uh, RCMP, our misogynist of the week. Thanks, guys, for uh, keeping... Keeping hope alive. Um, and just a reminder, if you are in America, donate to Doug Jones so he can beat out that asshole Roy Moore in Alabama. Also, donate to causes, causes that are important to you. That are important to you. If you don't donate money, donate time. Yes. Um, there is um, a great program. I'm going to plug a program here that I wasn't asked to plug, but I'll plug it anyway. Um, there's a program for federal government workers to mentor immigrants. Um, message us if you want to, if you're interested. Uh, that is something where your time will be required rather than your money. So, if you are a Canadian federal government worker, just message us and let us know. 
So that's my little plug for <laughs> for Betterment. Um, and shout out to Media Style, a progressive public affairs agency located in Ottawa. They are a social enterprise making Canada a better place, and they let us record in their studio. They did let us record in their studio. They are letting us record in their studio. Thank you, Media Style, for your generosity. We appreciate it. And you guys, don't forget to rate the pod, subscribe, tell your friends. Uh, follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at Bad and Bitchy. On Instagram, we are at Bad and Bitchy Pod. Um, on Facebook, we are Facebook slash Bad and B Podcast. And send us your emails or send us email. Don't send us your emails. We don't want any of your to dos. No, we don't want. No, apparently... just send us email. Yeah. If you want to chat, have a question. Um, and don't forget to send us your submissions for our co host application. That's not English. Um, and don't forget to send us your applications to become our new co-host. Yay. Um, there's details on our Facebook and our Instagram. It's everywhere, yeah. basically. If not, message us, email us, ask about it, ask about We'll We'll tell you the rules and we'll tell you and we will encourage you to apply because we actually are looking hard for a new co-host. And submissions are due by December 10th. And don't forget to um, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash badandbitchy, to support us in our growth. Um, and our email address is badandbpod at gmail.com. So I think that's about it. Anything There's else? the housekeeping. Great. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.